Well, if you've ever had your car broken into or stolen altogether, you know how intrusive that can feel. Well, some new research shows uh, gives us a little bit more insight into carjackings and what the motivation is for this crime in some uh, circumstances. Joining us to talk more about this is Bruce Jacobs, a professor of criminology at the University of Texas. Thank you so much for joining the show this morning. My pleasure. You have been studying this uh, for a couple of decades at least. What even got you started in looking specifically at carjackings and that type of crime? Well, it was an understudied uh, offense within the broader urban landscape of crimes. That's the main reason we started looking at it. Um, it also it, it merges uh, property crime and violent crime in a way that, that's somewhat unique. Uh, pro- property crime in the sense that uh, you know, a, a car is being stolen, but but violent crime, insofar as the as force or threat of force is used to seize that vehicle, which makes it unique uh, in the realm of of criminal offenses. Right. So you're talking specifically when we say carjackings, uh, that the force of taking the car, not uh, somebody maybe you wake up in the morning and your car's been stolen from the street. Right. There's a major distinction between motor vehicle theft and and carjacking. Uh, carjacking involves force or threat of force to seize the vehicle from uh, its owner. And typically, not always, it involves, uh, you know, the driver sitting inside the vehicle with the keys and, and the engine on. Now, not always, but typically that's what it involves, whereas motor vehicle theft is, is a non-contact property crime where the car is sitting on the street, the offender breaks in, hot wires it, and takes it away. Hmm. And when we look at the, the crime of, of carjacking, is it, I'm, I know it's oversimplifying to say this is somebody who wants to steal a car, but what is it or what have you been able to uncover in your research as far as the motivation for somebody to do something that is that intrusive and invasive and frightening to the person who's in the car? Sure. There, there's no one singular motive that drives this offense. It's really a variety. Obviously, you've got the economic motives of money, you know, stealing the car itself, uh, chopping it up for parts, not infrequently. It's not necessarily the, the car itself that's the target, but some of the high-end audio and visual systems inside the vehicle or maybe performance wheels and other accessory items that are uh, positioned on the vehicle. Those are, ca- uh, you know, liquid or, or equivalent to cash and are re- very easily sold, uh, you know, on the parts or on the street for parts. There's additional motives, though, for example, um, Sometimes carjackings are just for thrills committed by young offenders. Sometimes uh, carjackings are committed as a method to, uh, you know, escape from some sort of some sort of ongoing emergency. Then there are also carjackings that are retaliatory in nature, where somebody says or does something that the offender takes affront to, and the punishment is to seize the car by force or threat of force. So there's no one singular motive, but more a variety of motives that energize this crime. And has it changed with the changing of vehicles as far as more security features and how cars have have become more uh, more tech- technical and, and having uh, the, the different features in them? Absolutely. And, you know, back in the day, you might be able to break into, a, you know, old Chevy or Oldsmobile or Cutlass, strip down the ignition column and, and stick a, a screwdriver in there and get it started in 30 seconds. These days, Cars are much more technologically advanced. They have they require com- com- computer chips to start, proximity readers. They have tamper resistant, you know, platforms in the dashboard. So it's become 
a lot more difficult to not only break into the car, but to get it started and hotwired and drive it away. So a lot of these offenders are turning to carjacking as a, a, a lower hassle, uh, quicker risk way to you know seize a vehicle once it's already running and the keys are in it. Simply go up to the driver, point a gun or a weapon, throw them out of the car and take it. And that's pretty easy for a lot of these offenders. Hmm. And I understand as well, your research looked at this in that the pandemic saw, uh, looking at least at some U.S. cities, that there was a big increase in these types of crimes. Yeah, there seemed to be an uptick um, in in 2020 into 21. And some of the emerging research suggests that the COVID lockdowns had something to do with this. Uh, First, it gave a lot of uh, youth who are relatively high risk for this type of offense, a lot of free time, a lot of unsupervised time to get into trouble. Second, um, the lockdown seemed to change the opportunity structure for some of these other crimes. Like, for example, if all the stores are shut down, you can't really go in and shoplift. If everybody's home uh, in their apartments and homes, it's a lot easier to break in and do a burglary and steal their stuff because people are there. Um, obviously, we talked about motor vehicle theft, nonviolent motor vehicle theft, as being you know relatively difficult to break into the car and get it hotwired and, and driven away. So, so that combination of factors seem to really increase the opportunity structure for for carjacking. In addition, you have the obviously the ubiquitous COVID mask, which um, really increased the anonymity factor for a lot of these offenders. Um, so. You know, you could just, first of all, you could go up to somebody on the street in a parking lot, in a parking garage at their house with a COVID mask, and it's not suspicious because everybody was wearing them. And the second thing is it, it, it creates a great deal of an anonymity for the offender in terms of minimizing the risk of detection and, and identification, which can embolden these offenders and, and did, in fact, do that, it appears. And when we talk about carjackings as well, do you think, do we as the public have a clear picture on on how prevalent this crime is and what this crime really looks like? Or are we kind of skewed with, we hear about the more violent ones or even what we see in movies or on TV? Well, statistically speaking, carjackings are still relatively rare. You know, regular robberies outnumber carjackings by a factor of between 10 and 15 fold. Um, and you are correct that the, the sensational carjackings, the one that the ones that in, involve fatalities or serious violence, they often uh, generate a great deal of media attention. Those are relatively rare. For example, in the best available data on, on this issue shows that essentially 99.8% of all reported carjackings to this particular database do not result in fatalities. So it's so. The, the really serious injury or death-producing carjackings are really rare, but they again, they do tend to get the most media attention. They are sensational, and they're very uh, fear-inducing, so they, they, uh, they attract a lot of attention, and rightly so. And did anything else stick out to you in your research uh, that you wanted to share? Yeah, I, I would just say that, um, you know, this is so often an opportuni- opportunistic offense, um, you know, spur of the moment uh, affair with little advanced plan- planning or casing of the target. So really anybody is theoretically at risk to be carjacked at any time. So the, the risk 
is is kind of uh, uh, ubiquitous in urban centers. It's not a function of like particular criminal hotspots necessarily, or not a function of, of particular uh, locations in geographic space. It it because the offense can happen so quickly and so easily, and also because the vehicle is both a target and a method of escape, it certainly attracts some of these high propensity offenders who embrace this quick risk, who who realize that the target is there one minute and gone the next, and they have to act now or else they lose that criminal opportunity altogether. So it creates some, some really curious uh, challenges for both uh, society and crime prevention practitioners because of that set of data points. All right. Bruce Jacobs, thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.